0: Hello and welcome. Here to Lead is for leaders who are looking for practical insight and hands-on tools and advice on how to unleash the power in their leadership to get things done. I'm your host, Kelly Barkabus. Let's get started. Leadership. What is it and how do I get it? I told you all in the introduction to this podcast that this wasn't going to be another study about becoming a leader, but it is going to be about using our leadership, about leveraging our leadership. So in order to anchor us in this topic and provide framework for the rest of the discussions and episodes that we're going to share, I thought we'd spend the first couple of episodes on the meaning of leadership, specifically defining what it means for each one of us. So what is leadership? There are as many answers to this question as there are books written about this topic, which I don't know the exact number, but I'm sure it's hundreds of thousands uh, of books that have been written about leadership. The truth is, there are many definitions. And sure, they have some common elements and attributes. But at the end of the day, how you define leadership is always personal. And I think it needs to be personal. You really have to figure out for yourself what leadership means to you. Um, In getting ready for this episode, I did look up a couple of um, leadership quotes that I thought were interesting. Dwight D. Eisenhower said, leadership is the art of getting someone else to do something you want done because they want to do it. Ken Blanchard, who is... um, A leadership guru that I've studied many times throughout my career um, has this definition, the capacity to influence others by unleashing the potential and power of people and organizations for the greater good. And Brene Brown, I'm a big fan of Brene Brown. She says this, I define a leader as anyone who takes responsibility for finding the potential in people and processes and who has the courage to develop that potential. And then there's Frances Hesselbein. Um, who was, I know she was the CEO of the Girl Scouts of America from 1976 to 1990. And she was uh, one of the founding presidents and chairs, I believe, of the Leadership Institute um, that Peter Drucker formed. And she has a great short YouTube video about her definition of leadership. And basically what she talks about is that uh, we define leadership in our own terms. And I agree with that. Many years ago, I think it was 2002, I took part in this year-long leadership program called Leadership Greater Syracuse, and I developed a, my own definition of leadership for myself, and it still rings true for me today. I check in with it every once in a while, and I re- have not changed it in almost 18 years. And for me, that definition was this. Leadership is the ability to influence diverse people or situations outside the circle of one's control with integrity, charisma, vision, and passion. True leaders are servants of the people they lead and the vision that inspires them. And if we break that down a little bit, um, when I talk about influencing people outside the circle of one's control, what I really mean is... You know, there's a level of leadership where you can provide leadership to your direct reports, of course, the people that have to follow you because you're their boss. But this takes it a step further where you can be a leader in your peer group. You can be a leader to other people in the C-suite. You are just a leader in your organization regardless of uh, the department that you need to impact or uh, where your followers reside in the organization, um, and it can even be outside of the work context. You know, you can be a leader in your family, and you know, with your extended family. The second sentence in this definition of mine talks about leaders being servants of the people they lead, and I I really believe that one of my main responsibilities as a leader is to make sure that the people who are on my team or the people who I am leading that they have what they need in order to be successful, that they have all the tools and resources that they need. You know, it's my job as their leader to um, break down barriers and walls that prevent them from moving forward and getting the job done, quite frankly. And then, you know, there's four um, attributes that are listed in here, integrity, charisma, vision, and passion. And all four of those are attributes that are extremely important to me. Um, But like I said, it's, it needs to be personal. So how do you define leadership? That's the million-dollar question, right? And that's really what I want you to think about and explore today. So take a few minutes. Think about what leadership means to you. To you, And if you haven't done it yet, develop your own definition. It can be one word, a sentence or two, a paragraph. It could be a quote from your most admired leader or maybe a former boss or a mentor. Um if someone else has said exactly how you feel then by all means steal their quote you don't have to write your own it's perfectly okay to take someone else's um and maybe you know there's several definitions that you read and you like this part from one and you like this part from another and you can um cobble something together from several different quotes but whatever it is really take a minute and write down i think there's great power in actually writing things down, typing things out, and uh, getting it down on paper, how you define leadership. Once you do that, um, let's talk about what it takes to become a leader. There are three things that I believe you must possess in order to become a leader, or I think there's three steps, three avenues, three elements. There's three elements to becoming a leader, aspiration, study, and practice. So let's start with aspiration. I do believe in order to become a leader, you have to first have the desire or aspiration, and not everyone does, and I think that's okay. You know, there are a lot of people out there who have no interest in being a quote unquote leader, a formal leader, or a manager, supervisor, you know, in the traditional sense in their company. Not everyone has a desire or aspires to do that. And like I said, I think that's perfectly okay and fine. It's nothing, there's nothing wrong with that. But if you're listening to this podcast... I'm assuming you do already check this box. You, you do aspire. Leadership attracts you. That's why you're listening to a leadership podcast. You have some internal desire to lead people or projects or initiatives. So how do you know if you have an aspiration to leadership other than just listening to leadership podcasts? Um, I believe that if you do have the aspiration, it comes naturally naturally you were probably the captain of your soccer or football team or elected to student council. Um, you know, I know for me, I was captain of my field hockey team in high school and I think I was on, you know, I ended up on a lot of committees and when I was on committees, I was on the yearbook committee and a student council, you know, I, I tended to assume a leadership position mostly because nobody else was doing it. Um, when you are assigned the team projects in school, in college, and you got really cranky and irritated when everybody's sitting around the dorm room or the library staring at each other, talking about what they did last night or what they're going to have for dinner, instead of getting anything done, and you become uneasy and irritated, right? That's definitely me. And so many times I'll wait a few minutes and no one else is stepping up and so i'll naturally just chime in try to you know gather the group together get them started on a path get a to-do list who's going to do what assigning who's going to be responsible for what that's leadership that's an aspiration for leadership and that which leads me into my next thing, which is the absence of leadership bothers you. I think you have an aspiration to be a leader if the absence of leadership bothers you. Um, it drives me crazy. I can't stand to be a part of something, whether it's a sports team, a company, a volunteer organization, or even just putting on a family dinner for my crazy extended family of 25 people without leadership. Um, we need it. I, th- I believe people flounder and wander aimlessly without leadership. And there have been many times when I avoided joining certain situations because I could see there was a lack of leadership. And I knew that if I joined, I was really signing up to lead it. And, you know, sometimes that's okay. And sometimes I, that's not really what I have time for or what I want to do. So, I, you know, I think that's an important way to know if you have the aspiration to be a leader. Leaders provide vision. And, you know, there is a, a verse in the Bible, whether you um, believe in the, the Bible or not, it really doesn't matter. But there's a verse that says that without vision, the people perish. And, and like I said, I think without leadership, regardless of how small the project or gathering is, people flounder and wander without it. Uh, Another way to know if you aspire to be a leader is you enjoy the satisfaction of helping a team accomplish their goal. You get great satisfaction from watching a project accomplish what they set out to do. Like I said a few minutes ago, one of my most important jobs is to make sure that the people I'm responsible for have what they need to be successful. And this is where a lot of people miss it. Oftentimes, ego is the driver and the so-called leader is just looking to be the hero. But according to my definition of leadership, that's not true leadership. You know, we have to be servants of the people we lead. If any of the above scenarios sound familiar to you, most likely you do have the aspiration to become a leader. My father used to have a saying that that guy couldn't lead himself out of a paper bag. Which sounds a little cruel, and perhaps it is, but the truth is there are many kinds of people, and some are leaders, and others are happy to let others lead. They're driven to work hard and contribute and are talented, necessary members of the team, but just don't have that aspiration to be a leader. Secondly, there's study. Becoming a good leader involves study. I don't think there's any way around this. There are leadership gurus, heroes, and like I said, so many books written. There is an abundance of resources available to us. Um, Obviously, if you're listening to this podcast, like I said, you are interested in leadership. If you haven't studied it yet, find some books that resonate with you. Search out leadership conferences and seminars. There is so much content out there. Um, Ask your company, your HR department, for leadership training. If they have it, sign up up for it. I've been really lucky in my career to have worked for organizations that were willing to invest in my leadership development. I've studied leadership at Syracuse University, at Suffolk University in Boston. Um, Like I said, I completed a year-long community program called Leadership Greater Syracuse. I've been to lots of conferences and seminars. I love to read and listen and just study. You know, when I, at the beginning of my career, I had to study to become an accountant, right? I went to college and then on my own to pass the CPA exam. This was a long time ago before they had online review classes. I bought review guides that were four inches thick and locked myself in my bedroom at night, which was so small, I could barely fit this little tiny desk that I found at a garage sale and hand-painted, shoved it in the corner of my bedroom. And every night after work, I would just sit at that desk and, and study these big, huge books and do problems. And I've had to keep studying throughout my career as an accountant, as a CPA, to keep up with continuous learning. My sister is an attorney, and she had to go to law school and then study to pass the bar. My other sister is an RN, and she had to go to nursing school, and she had to pass her licensing test. And she has continuous learning that she has to get. My father wanted to make a career change when he was 50 years old and and become a minister. He didn't attend Bible school, but he studied relentlessly. he took classes. he was an apprentice. he sat under great ministers. Uh, my husband is an artist, and he studies other painters all the time that resonate with him, that inspire him and he's constantly signing up for classes and watching videos and buying art books he He buys art books and reads and studies them so if it's truly important to you and a priority, you need to find the time and the resources to study. You have to invest in your leadership. And the final thing is practice. Aspiring and studying leadership will only take you so far. You need time in the seat, as I like to say. Um, It wasn't too long ago that my stepson got his driver's license. And it was so different from when I was young. I grew up in a rural, rural community and rode You know, three wheelers before there were quads or four wheelers. um, We had these things called three wheelers, which I think got outlawed because they were so dangerous. But I drove three wheelers. I drove snowmobiles. I drove our tractor lawnmower on a weekly basis after I was 12 years old. And my older sister taught me to drive a car. She was a year older than me. And so when I was 15 and aspiring to drive, she was already fully licensed, barely. She was 16. Um, And on the weekends when we were headed into town for the night out, she would take the long way and she would turn off um, the busy road and turn onto this back country road. It was a narrow road without any white lines before the ditch or any yellow markings down the middle. There was hardly ever another car on the road. And my sister would pull over as soon as, as soon as we turned off the main road and we'd switch seats. And it was a standard or a manual transmission. And she gave me time in the seat. She would let me drive. Um, I think it was three whole miles before we'd switch seats again, just before we hit the next busy highway. And, um, she taught me how to drive. So when I turned 16, getting my license was just a formality. I could already drive a car or a pickup truck. Um, I could drive an automatic or a stick and, but I still had to study and complete the driver's education course at my school. I practiced whenever my parents or older brother or sister would let me have the keys, but the learning curve was definitely less for me than it was for my stepson, Garrett. He hadn't ever been behind the wheel before. So he studied, he got his permit, but it was pretty scary getting in the car with him the first time. I sat in the back seat, I was fully buckled in and burrowed in the corner, praying, looking for my safe space, mentally and physically. And uh, my husband was in the front with him and we took him to a church parking lot nearby uh, because we thought that would be safe. We didn't want to expose others to the danger of a driver with no experience. And so my husband started to patiently talk him through driving around the parking lot. He practiced pulling into spaces and backing out. We noticed a a few cars started pulling in the parking lot. And, you know, it was a Saturday, so we didn't think there'd be any church services. But apparently there must have been a funeral or wedding because before we knew it, you know, car after car was just pouring in the parking lot. And um, we knew we had to get out of there. So Craig walked him through parking one last time. And then he was going to take over and drive us home. So Craig, you know, has him turn his wheel to the right, and he tells him just coast into the space between the white lines. Now, when you're all the way in, press the brake in gently to stop. Well, my stepson stepped on the gas instead of the brake the opposite of gently, and we slammed forward towards a large oak tree that none of us had noticed until we were suddenly aiming right for it. And uh, Craig started yelling, No, the brake, the brake, holy shit, stop. Lucky for all of us, Garrett found the brake just in time, and we all jerked forward and back as he found the right pedal and jammed it down. And uh, we all took a big deep breath and exhaled slowly as we realized we did not hit the tree. And after he put the car in park, Of course, uh, my husband got in the driver's seat and drove us home. But my point is this, um, and and we we did the responsible thing next and, and got him some driving lessons and paid a professional to teach him how to drive. And he did. He studied. He learned the rules of the road. He made great improvements. He aspired to drive, and he studied appropriately. And he passed his, I think it only took him two times to pass his driving test. He got his license. But the only thing that would get him to where he didn't have to think about the gas or the brake pedal and which was which was time in the seat. The only way for him to become a good driver was time in the seat. He could aspire to drive. He could study the handbook and pass the test. He could even pass the driver's test and get his license. But the only way he was going to become a good driver was practice. He needed time in the seat. It was the only thing that would transform his book knowledge into practical skills that would allow him to confidently change lanes on the freeway, to park between the lines on the first try, or to safely back out of our driveway on the curved hilltop that is loaded with blind spots. Time in the seat. You know, the more a painter paints or a writer writes or a musician plays, the better they will be at their art. Just like any other skill, to practice leadership, you need time in the seat. And that will solidify everything you've learned and studied and will also allow you to find out what works, what doesn't work, and what you need to change. So how do you do this? How do you get time in the seat as a leader, especially if you're a new leader listening to this? Maybe you're just starting out your career. Maybe you're still in college. Sign up to lead that group project. Sign up at work to be a team leader. Apply for the leadership positions. If it's new to you and you haven't led a team of people yet, look for an opportunity to lead a project or an initiative around your company. It's not just the big titles or promotions that will give you time in the seat. Start small. Um, Start at a volunteer organization. Start at a nonprofit. Uh, Maybe you're a volunteer on the weekends. Uh, Volunteer to lead just a Saturday outing. You'll notice that a key element throughout this podcast will be exercises where I'm going to encourage you to get in the seat and practice your leadership skills because I think it is the most important thing. Speaking of that, now it's your turn in the seat. I want you to um, go through each one of these elements that we've talked about today and really think about it. Look back over your life. Do you aspire to leadership? Begin with your earliest memories through school, college, sports. Write down some examples where, where you felt leadership rising within you, that desire, um, or like I talked about, maybe where there was a lack of leadership and it drove you crazy. Just take a minute and think back over your life, over your years, and um, think about those moments. And then secondly, have you studied leadership? Take a moment. Write down the books you've read, the courses you've taken, where you've studied. If you haven't yet, spend a few minutes Googling, do some research, develop some goals to study leadership in this next year. It's almost 2021. Lay out a plan to make that a priority next year. And finally, have you practiced your leadership yet? What time in the seat have you had? Have you led a project? Have you led a, a lead of team? have you led a team of direct reports if not develop some goals to start small what project could you volunteer to lead maybe you've been around a long time like I have and you have a lot of experience in leadership roles but is there an area that you'd like some more time in the seat in you know really think about how could you broaden your leadership skills if you've been pretty focused on one area in your company How could you branch out? How could you broaden your skills? How could you lead maybe people that don't report to you in your department? Perhaps you could do some peer leadership or sign up for something like that. Perhaps you can sign up to lead in your personal life, like I said, for a volunteer organization. That's a great way to get some nonprofit leadership experience without actually taking a job at a nonprofit. Take some time to think about how you have aspired to leadership, how you've studied leadership, and how you've practiced leadership and really set some goals for yourself to do those three things. And don't forget if you haven't done it yet to think about what leadership means to you to solidify that definition for yourself and to internalize it. So the next time anybody asks you at a cocktail party what leadership means to you, you'll be able to rattle off that answer. I think that's it for this episode. We'll stop there. And next time we get together, we are going to talk about developing an elevator pitch of leadership so that you can succinctly communicate what leadership means to you, what type of leader you are to anyone who wants to know. You can check out uh, my website, kellybargabas.com slash podcast, And if you got something out of listening to Here to Lead today, please subscribe, share a review. I'd appreciate it. Take care, we'll talk soon.